Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, listeners? Welcome to the latest episode of River City 93, brought to you by Roughneck Scars, Icarus FC, and of course, for the culture. Today is a very special episode. We are not doing a game review. We are having our 100th episode. We are doing a special Q&A. We also got a special, you know, treat for the guy listeners out there. Uh, so just keep an ear out for that. But guys... Joining me is two of my favorite friends in the River City Red Army, also special co-host of River City 93. He's Matt Chenier. How are you guys doing? Happy 100 episodes, guys. Hey, how are you doing? I can't complain. <laughs> Grad school is making me lose sleep, but, you know, outside of that, life is fine. No. I, you got to learn how to do grad school. Give it a few more weeks to learn how to sort that out, and you'll find that it's cake compared to undergrad yeah true it's just all the reading trust so me. far that's getting me so i'm just like oh okay this is fun trust <laughs> me you, grad school they have no interest in you know failing you whatsoever you put in even a little bit of effort you're at like a b plus level you put in decent effort a level lock it in <laughs> that's all i need to hear <laughs> Man, first of all, also, happy Labor Day to you guys. Hope you guys enjoy your day off. But, Shanae, it sounds like you've been busy as ever, <laughs> as yeah. always. Yeah, that's always the case. You're busier on your day off than when you're working. Yeah. But So, oh, my fault, Shanae, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but, I was going to say, but, you know, can't can't be too, can't complain about it. Can't complain. Got to spend the day with the fam, so. But there you go, being a family man. Look at you, being all good. <laughs> um. Guys, so normally we would have our post-game review of the Henny Derby to happen on Wednesday. As we all know, we had a postponed game. That game is now taking place October 6th. Didn't rain that whole much in Richmond. Uh, game probably could have happened. But instead, we're going to do a special Q&A for our 100th episode. You guys ready to get started with this? Let's go ahead and dive into these questions. Matt, you got a few I got a few. I say, Matt, let's start with my friend. All right. Got a couple of these that you know, came in over to me. So uh, you know, I'll start right with, you know, in order that I got them. So uh, I guess it goes for, you know, both of you, because uh, let's be real. This is not my hundredth episode of the podcast. You all two have been, uh, you know, carrying the weight, you know, you know for the first two years and then, uh, you know, pulled me in to make jokes and everything. You know, this year. I told you we had to bring you in for the tax purposes. Two black guys doing a soccer podcast does not work for tax purposes. Hey, hey. I know my role. I'm happy to play it. Uh, but, you know, so you guys are three years in, you know, to basically three full years into this now. You know, what kind of, uh, you know, goals or you know, other dreams do you have for the podcast moving forward? 
Ooh. Uh, you want to answer this first? Um, yeah. Um, at the end of the day, with regards to River City 93, we know there are only but so many Richmond Kickers fans in the world. Um, however, the the whole goal is to reach as many of them as possible and to get as many people in the city of Richmond, um, pun intended, beating to the same drum as the River City, as, as the Richmond Kickers, as the River City Red Army, as as the fan base of uh, this storied club. Um, hopefully to be able to get more insight on what's going on behind the scenes with the kickers to be able to provide the fans with more not necessarily what's going on behind the scenes with the kickers but more more of a liaison between probably the guys on the pitch and the people cheering them on in the stand um interviews um round table roundtable conversations with maybe two or three players or a coach the coaching staff or just to 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 give the fan base a little bit more of the kickers and what the kickers mean to the community um hopefully to help the richmond kickers reach out to the community a little more this is something that we've talked about many times about how we feel that um, the kickers as an organization can reach out to more of the Richmond, the greater Richmond community than they are doing at this moment. Um, hit a few more geographical areas. Um, but I mean, of course, we, we want to get to the point where we're talking about the Richmond kickers in the playoffs. We're talking about the Richmond kickers in the finals of USL League One. And who knows? Maybe if that happens enough times, talk about the Richmond Kickers in USL Championship. Um, for me, it's not difficult to think of, but you always like think of this question anytime you do a project. I think for me, I think the biggest thing I want for River City '93 is to be like the official media hub of the Richmond Kickers. So it's like. People that are fans or looking to become fans or just want to know about the cookers, like the first thing they think about is River City 93. Like, oh, I can go to them, I can listen to a podcast, and I can learn more about the club. Um, I would also love to do more history, more episodes. I don't know why I was getting tongue tied there. I would love to do more episodes on the history of the club, like certain players, uh, nostalgia team, things like that. Um, just so you just have more episodes that are just more than just post game and pre-game episodes. Um, but I, I would just really love for, like, is, is you know, I, I'm pretty sure you guys kind of experience the same feelings, but it's kind of funny when you have people that I don't know, but they know me, they know us through the podcast, and they walk up to us, and I'm like, oh, hey, you're such a, you're Elliot from River City 93. Like, I listen to the show all the time, and I'm like, holy shit. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cuss. <laughs> holy crap. Like, people actually listen to us. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I appreciate all of that. I would just, you know, love to do a little bit more projects like that. And maybe with the time coming and heading in a year forward, we can do that. So, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. No, I, mean, I think, well, A, 
I, I think my uh, anonymous white guy approach you know, keeps me from having that exact same experience in stadium. Uh, you know, perfectly cool with that. I don't mind being uh, just facing the crowd in that regard. I think I think there might be you know something that uh, makes you stand out a little bit more than me on an everyday basis. It's obviously because you like talking to everybody. That's it, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is probably true. Uh, no, I think it would be cool to you know do more with uh, you know interviewing you know old players, just getting some of that oral history of the team mm-hmm. out there as well. I mean, you know, you know, if any of you listening to you know, talk to me, uh, pro- the conversations probably end up going into you know random stories from way back when, since you know I'm, I've been around it for you know pretty consistently, you know, two decades, you know, that I can clearly remember and everything at this point, you know, I, I love telling those, you know, stories, being able to kind of help fill in some of the you know gaps that people might have from before they discovered, you know, the kickers. And uh, I mean, let's, let's be realistic, you know, pre, you know, mid to late 2000s, uh, you know, not just the kickers, but most, you know, areas within U.S. soccer is a little bit of a, you know, digital wasteland at this you know, point. So being able to get some of that uh, information back out there to people uh, and, you know, and there's a lot of good characters that have come through, you know, Richmond. I mean, you can just think about, you know, the guys in the last you know couple of years, some of the you know interviews you've been able to do and how engaging some of them are and how unique some of those stories are. Uh, you know, just imagine what you can be able to get with, you know, 20, you know, seven, 28 years worth of, you know, backstories on all that as well, especially in the wild, wild West olden days. Yeah. No, it's cool because, like, guys that probably would never really be, you know, that club legends, I would say more like people that you can resonate with. Like, I think that is probably a question we have, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. I think the best interview we've had on this podcast is the one we did with Stanley and how just how open he got and how emotional he got on there. Like, you never really get that amount of openness from a podcast, but it also speaks to the kind of podcast that we have that guys, you know, players, coaches, front office staff feel comfortable coming on our show and talking to us and not being like, oh, I have to watch what I watch what I'm, you know, watch what I have to say or be careful because they're out to get me. Like, you know, me and Shannon made it known and Matt is you too. Like, we always want to make it known that we are for the players first. You know, we're not going to do anything to get them or, you know, put anything out there that makes them seem in a bad light. You know, of course, we're going to be honest. We're going to be truthful. Um, but we're not like out to get them. So I think it's very good on our part, you know, 100 episodes in that we, you know, have a good relationship where the players are comfortable coming on our show. Yeah, you, you, you forgot the uh, other, you know, big dream here is, uh, you know, everybody, you know, wanting to donate to the show and, you know, being able to, you know, get Shanir, you know, functioning uh, computer with a webcam, everything like that. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is, that is the big, big, big goal of this podcast. <laughs> Doesn't get Shanir a functioning laptop. <laughs> I have a functioning laptop. It's just a dinosaur functioning laptop that doesn't have a camera. <laughs> yeah, this is also true. All right, guys. So I got the next question. Um, So... <laughs> This one's kind of funny. Since it wasn't answered last time, if you had the wings of an eagle and the butt of a crow, what time would you fly over and poop on those people below? Hmm. So it's just, I guess. I already know my answer. You guys can go Go, for, go for it. It's like I, I got to think about mine. 
I mean, and, and, and we've talked about this and we have tried to figure out a concrete reason why we, why, I don't know. I, I, I think it's just us who just don't like them this much, but for me, it's Chattanooga. Okay. For me, it's Chattanooga. I don't, I don't know what it is. Ever since League One started, I just don't like them. I don't, I'm sorry. Nothing against the fans, nothing against them, but I just, it's just, I don't know. I just don't like them. I mean, I think there's a few valid reasons to not like them. Uh, yeah. Yes, there are, but I mean. I would say Chattanooga as well. Yeah. I know Ford it's, it's is like Chattanooga. big rival in League One, but Chattanooga, man, it's something about them that it irks the hell out of me when we lose to them. It may, I don't know, maybe it's because of the losing streak or whatever, but it's like every time we play them, it's like, they do Forget something. No, it's not even that. It's like they're the kings of poop housery. Like they're the kings of doing like the little dirty stuff that the ref's not gonna call, and they just get away with it over and over and over again. And I'm just like, God, well, I can't stand it. That they also have a tendency for that late dagger in the heart too. Yeah, that yeah. too. That too. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not sure about mine because yeah, I'm thinking through like you know. The long-term historical answer is, you know, Charleston every single, you know, time. But we, we haven't played them a ton in the last, uh, you know, decade or so, you know, even. But you know, I mean, that was always the game that I wanted, you know, way back when. I mean, you know, we were always, you know, fighting each other for the top, you know, of the division and everything, running into each other in the playoffs a lot. Uh, you know, there were a few guys who went back and forth between the teams uh, and, you know, built something up there. So there's that one in my mind. You know, Orlando, you know, their, their fans were just absolute dicks when they were in the league yeah, in every true. single way, you know, and it made worse because they were really good when they were in the league, you know, too. Uh, I mean, we were the only team to, you know, stop them from running off four straight regular season titles along the way, you know. So I did not hurt my feelings at all when they were just absolute – you know, garbage fire their first few years in MLS, uh, which leads us to Cincinnati. <laughs> Another group of fans whose you know were team whose fans were absolute dicks in every way possible to anyone possible when they were in the league. So when they would choke in the playoffs every single year, it was that so was the thing like, about it, Cincinnati like that used to kill me. I'm sorry. That's the thing that used to kill me about Cincinnati. They would have like these amazing regular seasons. They would have Copenhagen, everyone out there, and they get the regular, and they get the playoffs and just choke it away. Like they never got close to a final. Never. No, they, they, the only time they ever even made it past a round of the playoffs was through penalties one year, and then they got bounced out the next round. Yeah, you know, they never actually won in regulation of USL playoff game, and they've been you know possibly. You know, not possibly the last two years in MLS, they were the worst team in the league, and they're in the running for the worst team in the league again this year. They have not won a home game since 2019. Oh my god, yo, that's and crazy. I love it. I love it every <laughs> second of it. Uh, so yeah, there's them, and then yeah, there's uh, you know, you know, T-shirt FC. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm, I'm, sure, I'm I'm surprised they haven't you know released a you know a New Jersey you know commemoration of uh, the canceled game this last week. <laughs> you know they were thinking about it. You know they were thinking about it. Yeah, they probably just couldn't come up with a witty enough you know Ida gimmick. <laughs> All right, man. You got the next question. Pink, pink hurricane clouds. 
<laughs> who, who knows? Who knows? All right. So next question I had, you know, come in. So who's the one player that the kickers could sign that's realistic? You know, they're not signing, you know, Messi or even like, you know, a, you know, random level MLS player, if we're being real about it. But who's the one player the kickers could sign that would really, you know, kind of get you to pop when you, you saw or heard the news? All right. Uh, who would get you hyped? Who would get me hyped? That's like halfway. We'll even say halfway realistic. Uh, For me, it's probably it's probably Nicoletto. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd be very hyped if I got any news that he was coming to Richmond. Especially okay. with the squad that we have right now, I feel that he would fit in. Um, Unfortunately, I feel like the player who would who would have to sacrifice the spot would be the newest guy we just got, would be Ethan Bryant, who I, I feel has been a bit of a young spark for us yeah. so far. He's not really our player, though, so I don't think that might not be an issue. I'm, I'm yeah. not saying it would be an issue, but I just would feel like he came in and did so well, and, and if Micheletto were to come in, it'd be like, yep, you're going to the bench, kid. <laughs> But, uh, and that is, yeah. I think it would be new. But I, for me, okay. So I'm saying this with my heart, and I'm also got one from my, my brain. I would love to see Maxi come back. Maxi Rodriguez, this okay. is Detroit CDFC. I would love to see him come back and get like another run with the Richmond Kickers. Because I think now he's more mature, and I think he's a better player, and I think he's a better number eight than what he was in 2019, which, you know, a lot of pressure was put on him, but rightfully so, he did not play well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's someone I would love to see. Can I get a second round? I want, to, I, want, I want to see if he can, like, prove himself at this level again. Um, And a player that will pop, I really – I don't know why, and I think it can happen. But I have a weird feeling mixed discaroot is going to come to America. I can see him coming to USL League One. Oh, okay. And I would that love was, to see that's him. That's oddball one. I, I, I like it. Yeah, I would love to see mixed discaroot because he's not really doing nothing. Like, he's just kind of there, you know? And I yeah. kind of feel like he would be like. That man's oh. doing his world tour of you know clubs. Like, he's playing in like Brazil and Korea and, you know, like all over the place. Yeah. I would love to see Mix. It would be All cool. Right. No, I, I, I like that. That's really out, outside the box. I think yeah, it's an intriguing answer. Uh, <laughs> so I, I kind of you know came up with you know kind of like you a little bit of a head and heart you know sort of thing. Uh, there might be a little bit more both heart because I mean this question is all about kind of the heart. You know what makes you you know, really be like oh crap yeah that's awesome that's going to happen. Uh, so. The first one, uh, you know, Carlton Belmar, you know, so he went to, you know, VCU. He's, you know, he's been like a fringe, you know, championship, you know, MLS, you know, player. He's from Virginia Beach. I think he's out in Sacramento right now. And let's be real, Sacramento, they're out of MLS at this point. You know, dude's 28, maybe 29 by, you know, this point. But he was a speedster at, you know, VCU. And, you know, we get a, you know, a burner with size up front who has connections to Virginia, who, you know, has scored goals. I think he was, you know, championship rookie of the year or something when you, his first year uh, out there, that would get me hyped. 
the other one, similar tact, you know, to you, Elliot, you know, but bringing somebody back, especially, I think, you know, that would be good to kind of pop the fan base as a whole. Get Joey, Joey G back in town. Bring him Ooh, back. I, that, that yeah. I think, is the one that would spark the fan base the most. And, I mean, yeah, he's playing, he's with the Liga MX team right now. So, you know, realistically, probably isn't even going to happen. But, you know, he's not going to, it's not really getting minutes there. Yeah, he's not getting a ton of playing time. And, uh, I so, would he want to come back? Probably not. Spark. Yeah. Would, yeah. But, uh, I, I think that's the one that would really get things going. Hey, hold on. That would be dope. <laughs> that would be dope to see him and him. Emmy? Ooh. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, just Gallardo playing in behind Emmy. Oh. I mean, just just imagine, you know, that, you know, you know, Nathan creates that you know, graphic for social media and everything, and then you know, you see it and you didn't know it was coming. Oh, yeah. I just jumping all over the house. I mean, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, yo, I would probably treat Joey G coming back to like Ronaldo coming back to you. I would be like, yo, I want a jersey. Like, I'm getting a jersey yeah. now. Yeah, like I'm getting that jersey. <laughs> it, yo, that look, he was the low Bryce by that 2019 year. And the year was that was our first ever year podcasting. He mm-hmm. was the low Bryce by <laughs> regardless. Oh, yeah. And I, I to Bryce this day I will stand on the soapbox that he got robbed of goal of the season. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. 100%. I will stand on that soapbox to the day I die. Well, I mean, <laughs> that, that Tormenta franchise has not been the same since he put a dagger in their hearts that night. <laughs> this is true. This yeah. is true. That, that is true. Whoo, that man had two goals of the year. The dribble through everyone and the goal from half court. Pablo Yara ain't been the same since either. No. Mm-mm. He ain't been the same. Whoo. Dang. Man, that'll be something. All right. Um, next question we got. What is the luckiest thing you have ever seen happen in a match? Is, is it a kicker's match or any match? Uh, it just says any match. If you want to make it kickers, you can. But any match. Ooh. What? I mean, it's probably not really the luckiest thing I've seen, but the first thing that comes to mind, uh, I mean, Emmy putting it in off of two posts, you know, against you know Greenville. I think yeah, you know, probably seen other games where you know it's gone two posts and out, you know, which is, would be the on. Well, I guess it depends what team you're on at that point. If it's lucky or unlucky. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What about you, Shanae? Oh. Yeah, but a real long thing about this, huh? Yeah, that's that's a that's that one caught me off guard. That one caught me off guard. I I feel like I've seen I I don't know like some random like Premier League game or something too, where uh, again I guess lucky or unlucky really depends on if it happens to your team or it happens against your team. Uh, But you know, one of those instances where you know balls just bounce around the box and your team goes to clear it, you know, bounces off a guy who has no idea the ball is there and you know ricochets into the goal. Yeah, those those are always annoying. Yeah, especially if it happens to you. 
<laughs> but it's as a neutral, it's super funny to then watch that. You know, the, the person who it bounced off of go celebrate like they meant to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is hilarious. It's like um, you know, the ball hit you square in the ass. You were not looking. You did not get to celebrate that. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I want to say okay. Oh, so, oh so I think I got, you got one. Yours? Uh, it's it's along the lines of uh, what you just said, Matt. Uh, Javier Hernandez scoring with his face. Chicharito, yeah, Chicharito scoring with his face for United a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is very lucky. That was lucky. <laughs> I think he went like three goals in a row. He did score with his foot. Like, I think one was off his face, another one was off his chest. Like, the man scored some weird goals. Um, so, for me... I think the luckiest thing I've ever seen in a match was I don't what, what was the game? It was 2019. But Connor scored. Connor Schnowski. And I think it was off a header. <laughs> and this was funny because the week before that, me and Shanair was just like, I don't think Connor could jump that high. Like, I don't think he got the ability to do it. And next thing you know, he scores a header. So that was kind of lucky to me that he actually scored. Um so when he was with DC, he scored one. Of, I think pretty sure he scored one of those like you know didn't really mean it, didn't know what was going on type of goals for them in the Champions League at one point, if I remember correctly. <laughs> oh, what's the other luckiest thing I've ever seen in a match? <sighs> the kickers. Uh... I've also seen a lot of guys lucky not to get sent off with a second yellow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, yeah, Zaka a couple of times. Um, who else? God, what was the game? No, I I remember it was the Chattanooga game. Shanir, you remember this game? It's the game where Brandy got sent off, Connor got sent off, and someone else got sent off. We were down to like nine men. I think it was Yvonne. Yes. Yes, I think it was. It were, I forget who they put in center back. We were down to nine men, and we literally were, like, holding on to that game. I mean, we lost it, but, like, the play with nine men, you would think we would have gotten blown out of there. Yeah. yeah kind of weird to see that. Uh, Matt, you got the next question, my friend? All right. Uh, next one's a little more straightforward. Uh, pick one. Kickers win on Saturday at Madison, or the USA wins Wednesday in Honduras? Kickers win against Ford Madison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll make that three out of three. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, the thing, okay, so I know a lot of people are bugging about the U.S. Men's National Team right now, and rightfully so. Like, two draws out of the two first games is kind of flaky. But by no means, you could be Jamaica right now. We are sitting on two losses, five goals given up. And it don't look like our international is coming anytime soon. We are done. Yeah. <laughs> we are be some done. Them, I mean, some of them were there uh, in the Panama game. They looked like crap. <laughs> the big ones. But, oh God, I really hate the fact that Leon is probably not going to be able to come to maybe the third round of qualifying. And yeah. Mikel Antonio still hasn't declared whether he's going to play for Jamaica or not. He played, so, he yeah. played yesterday. He did? Yeah. I thought he did. I mean, well, he was on the field yesterday. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought he didn't make it. I didn't watch the game because I was just like, "This is not going to end well." You don't, you don't, you don't want to go back and watch that replay. No, but I mean, I, for me, it's forward Madison because I'm not. 
I'm not entirely worried yet for USA. Because one thing a lot of people who are casual fans don't realize is that, first of all, we need to look at the two draws. The most recent one, Canada. Canada has been on some, has been on one for the past year or so. They they Canada's are good. <laughs> Canada, Canada is not a slouch. The slouch they used to be. Let's be honest. Secondly, El Salvador. Yeah, if we play El Salvador in the U.S., we're waxing them. But at most of those Latin American countries, those Central American countries, you go there to play. It's like literally walking into hell to play against the devil. Like it's 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 they make the atmosphere so hostile from the moment you get off the plane. Didn't they have like a twelve foot ladder in the game? That's weird as well. Is it a twelve foot ladder in the stands? Yeah, there was a random ladder in the stands. I don't know what it was used for. I don't think I saw it afterwards, so I don't know if someone confiscated it or what. I, I don't. So, I mean, it's it's just, it. I don't really expect the USA to be able to put on a stellar performance against Honduras in Honduras. If it was a USA versus Honduras, not Honduras versus USA, I'd be like, uh, yeah, USA need to win that one. But Let's be honest. Central America is not a place you want to go to to play a game. And so at the end of the day, I'm not worried about the USA's track record so far with the last two games. So I want to win the Henny Derby. Let's get that Henny Derby going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm taking the kickers game too. You know, A, I care more about the kickers. Oh, yeah. so that's, that's easy first answer. Uh, you know, but be you know not much not anywhere near as much time left in the kicker season as there is in the you know the octagonal you know the US has 12 games left we've only got nine you know so you know a little more immediate needs you know here but you know here's the other thing if you're listening to this podcast you know what's going on in USL League One and you know that there's absolutely no reason to freak out over two draws. You know you're yeah. you're following a league where everybody draws every single week. We're good right now on the national team level. You know, we're okay. Right. Yeah, it's a little frustrating. Uh, I mean, I, I won't go too far off into my soapbox on this, but, uh, you know, all these players at their fancy European clubs, uh, I mean, there's got to be some personal responsibility in all this too. You know, uh, you know, we're going to you know want to hype them up. Be like, oh, we got players in the Champions League at every single position, but it's the coach's fault. It, it can be both, both sides' fault. Yeah, you know, through all you know this, you know, you want to have you know, all these you know uh, kind of fancy technical players. Uh, they got to get the job done as well. Yeah, yeah, that's but, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Let's and and let's be honest. Half of the teams in the arc in the octagonal are on two draws. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, it looks a lot Four like teams. League One standings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It very much does. Like once again. Jamaica, the only two teams who are top have beaten us. Yep. God, I hate it. <laughs> well, that, right. that is Mexico. Yeah, Mexico is one of them. And no, yeah. Shadir, I'm still pissed at you at the fact that Haiti couldn't make it in. 
Because if y'all made it I, in, we wouldn't be the worst team in Octagonal. Look, I'm pissed <laughs> we didn't make it in either. We we should have. I, I like the sub, subtle thing here that uh, if you made it in, your team would have been trash. <laughs> I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. I mean. We wouldn't be the only team getting worked, okay? Anyway, right. maybe New Talkers. <laughs> yeah, you, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. With, with, the, with the squads that are in there. Although although Haiti does have a good history against El Salvador. A very good history against El Salvador. I don't think El Salvador have beaten us in a competitive game in probably the past four or five years. I think. I remember that. If I might be mistaken, but I, I do know that Haiti has a very good history against El Salvador. So, what do you got next, Elliot? Um, <laughs> so, this is a really good question I got. Um, somebody wants to know how can we support your podcast podcast and help you grow? So, I'll let you guys answer first and then I'll get my answer. In there. I mean, first thing is uh, talk about us, word of mouth. Word of mouth uh, is one thing that I've noticed, especially here in Richmond. Word of mouth is one probably the, the best way to get news out there. Pass it on. Let someone know. Someone who you see is interested in soccer, let them know, look, there's a podcast based here in Richmond that talks about the Richmond kickers. You should give it a listen. Um, yeah, just, just get the word out there about us. Um, I know that can be kind of difficult because we need to get the word out there that Richmond has a professional soccer team. But, <laughs> I mean, put it in the same vein. I mean, there are a lot of people you're so proud to tell people, oh, yeah, Richmond has a professional soccer team. Oh, and by the way, there is a podcast for the Richmond Kickers. You should give it a listen. Um, that's the number one way we get our listenership up. That's through word of mouth. So, yeah, yeah, that'll be yeah. one for me. Obviously, that helps. Uh, I'll go ahead and say the uh, requisite answer for any podcast that you've ever ever listened to of you know subscribe, download, you know blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, I mean at least do that. I mean preferably listen to the episodes too, but at least download them. You know because uh, you know helps get the numbers up, and you know I'm sure it does something to you know where it you know fills into the you know algorithms and. All that, I don't. I don't take care of all that stuff. Elliot takes care of that stuff. So <laughs> I'm, assuming, I'm, I'm just assuming I'm right because every freaking podcast I've ever listened to, you know, just you know, hit the subscribe button, blah blah blah. Can't be a random yeah. chance on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I would say you know, you know, interact. You know, you know, too. Send in you know, you know, questions. But you know, sh- you know, share. You know, talk about it on you know social media too. Whether it's you know Instagram, whether it's you know Twitter, Facebook, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know the first damn thing about TikTok or anything to even know how that would you know, happen on there. You know, but you know, like you were saying, you know, help you know get the word out. I mean, I, I'll fully admit I'm the world's worst self promoter of all time. Uh, hate doing it. You know, yeah. don't feel comfortable doing it. Uh, so if you want to help out, uh, much obliged. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Um, I would say the best thing that if you want to help us grow is. You know, take ownership of the podcast. Like, if you're a Richmond Kickers fan, you're already in the niche branding. You have a podcast that is made by the fans, you know, and a lot of things our fans, fan base talks about is 
the lack of sometimes feeling like the front office cares about us, you know, doing a lot of stuff just for the fans or the hardcore fans. And I'm not saying like every rich kid can train, like casual fans might not listen to this, like that. but the hardcore rich kids fans, of course, you know, subscribe, listen to it, share it with friends. Um, you know, we want you guys to be engaged with us as well. And not just on like a monetary aspect. If you want to, you know, share money with the podcast, by all means, please do it. Go back to the podcast. Um, but also feel like, you know, take ownership. When we ask for listener questions, pop those questions in there. You know, if you have an, an opinion on something, as long as it's something like crazy negative, of course, we'll try to talk about it on the show. Um, if you got a suggestion for what the show of our next podcast should be, of course, add us into it. You know, um, this is like we say all the time. This is a podcast for fans by fans. So definitely, um, you know, definitely take take ownership of it. Take pride in it, you know. There's not too many podcasts at this level that are for fans, you know. So we have yeah. it for If you've been paying attention, uh, we'll talk about random stuff, you know, so throw it at us. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, 100%. <laughs> 100%. And, I mean, for real, for real, like we all know, like three years ago, there was no one talking about the Richmond Kickers. We were lucky to get – the random Richmond Kicker commercial on CBS, a couple of games here, there on CBS, maybe one that we're actually showing the actual main CBS. And Lane Casadani might talk about us after all the high school and college football and the Redskins report. <laughs> he might talk about us. So, yeah. For so, like 12 seconds. Yeah, that. that's it. Yeah, that's it. So the fact that this club has its own podcast that's ran by fans who know the club better than anyone else, take pride in that. You know, retweet, share, listen. You know, you might not be able to listen to the day of, but download it. You know, share it with a friend, share it with a cobra. If you know someone that's coming to a kicker's game, tell them, like, hey, look, if you want to know more about the team or know what's going on, follow River City 93. You know, so, yeah. Matt, you got the next question? How many more you got left? I, mean, I have three others left. All right, you can roll on. I'm out of mind. Because <laughs> we got all out. So. All right, I, I can. So, some of these are pretty easy, but this one isn't. Uh, uh, so so let, let's say the kickers come into a bunch of money, but they're not allowed to use it on players for some magical reason. What's the first area you'd like to see them address with all of these extra funds? Stadium. Ooh. Forget that. No, forget the stadium. <laughs> bathroom. Upgrade the bathroom. I mean, that's kind of stadium, that, isn't it? I think that encompasses stadium. <laughs> no, 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 no. How much money? Okay, how, how much money are we talking? Because I can make this a elaborate. I mean, not not at like a you know, stupid amount where we could like tear down City Stadium and build like a new Red Bull Arena on site or anything like that. But no, like no, reasonable no. that if you want to get you know a project done, you can get a project done. All right, cool. So look, first of all, oh, okay. tear down the bathrooms, gut them. Yes. I don't care what you do. Put new piping no, in no, there. Tear them down and rebuild a brand new building for bathrooms. Like the, the building needs to be leveled. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, probably that. Because walking down those steps when you're drunk is not fun. You can turn it <laughs> really badly. Second of all, <laughs> I would do a deep, deep clean because there are some bugs in there that I don't even think are recognized in a national database. I've seen some weird things in there. <laughs> Secondly. We need some toilets and some proper toilet paper. I should not walk into a bathroom and feel like I'm going into the sauna of hell after a game. No. And also, like, the urinals 
Let, let's make those banners. Also, we need a better bathroom for the ladies because there's no reason why. Actually, now, I'm probably sure you've heard this from Courtney that I don't want to go to a game because I don't feel like having to wait to hold my bladder the entire game. So, oh. yeah. Because yeah. that's not a fun conversation to have in a car. Any guy who is taking this girl to a game knows that conversation. So, yeah, bathrooms. That I don't care how much money we get phone in at the bathrooms. If then was left over, you know, we'll take care of the stand on the far side. <laughs> yeah, now I think for me, those are the two biggest things. I mean, we literally only have half a stadium right now. And all the money we spent on these new stands and the, 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 the I don't know what they've got going on on either end, but instead of spending that money there, why haven't we tried to figure out what to do with the stands on the opposite side? They're condemned. They, they, we, they can't be used. They're just sitting there. They're an eyesore. They're, they're rotting away. And um, for me, the most important thing is our team's locker room is underneath that condemned building. So, <laughs> Which is um, weird because have you been in a locker room? No, I haven't. Okay, so I went in the locker room. I think it was the end of 2019. I think it was 2019. But the locker room is like mad dope. Like it is a beautiful space. It is beautiful. I don't understand how that is underneath that. I mean, that's that it's fine that it's beautiful, but there's a reason why the the far stands are condemned. For it to be condemned, that means it's not structurally sound. If it's not structurally sound, is it safe for the players to be having their locker room underneath it? Is is my I mean, obviously, yes, because they wouldn't be there otherwise. I I know, but it's just like, what does that say to anyone coming to the stadium? Oh, those stands are condemned. Oh, by the way, the players are coming out from under there. Like, it just as to the lore, it doesn't. It doesn't look good. It it it's getting worse. And it could be used for something. I mean, I, I just just to just to think about it. A few years ago, imagine those exhibition games when Crystal Palace, Swansea, Espanol, West Brom came to Richmond to play against the Richmond Kickers. How many more people we would have been able to fit in those stands? Because them being Premier League team and La Liga team. I do feel we would have been able to fill that area up too, and that would bring we, in. More we, we didn't even fill up the uh, the bowl side. What the, at the Crystal Palace game, we filled the bowl side. It was standing room only. I remember it. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a whole half of the stadium that was Crystal Palace fans. I, I didn't know that that many Crystal Palace fans was existed that? outside. That was of like England, twenty. That was like 15, twenty fourteen, fourteen or fifteen. Four, yeah, Wait, okay. it was, yeah, it was fourteen or fifteen. It was the first one. The first yeah, time but, a Premier League team came. But you know the things with those kind of things? And I'm not I'm not saying your point is wrong, Senior, but the thing I've realized with Richmond, and it's not necessarily just like a Richmond kicker's problem, this is just how all sports teams in Richmond is. It's like if a team in Richmond is doing well and winning, it's hard to get a ticket. Like the place is nine times out of ten packed. But when the team is like on a downfall or like downward trajectory. <laughs> it's very hard to sell out of place. 
No, of course. Of course, I, I understand that. But I just, just for aesthetic purposes, if we've got that much money coming in, that means someone saw something worth investing in. If they see something worth investing in, that means the kickers are probably on the up at that time. Because I don't think anyone would invest in a team that's on the down. I mean, you don't know that. I know I wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> Just, well, okay, Mr. Negative, maybe the next investor is listening to this podcast. He's like, well, Shanair wouldn't do it. I'm not going to do it now. Thanks a lot, Shanair. Well, we don't, we don't, there we goes don't the bathroom, Shanair. We, we, we don't need another Lansing Ignite situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, so I want to take my answer in a completely different direction than both of you. I don't, I don't care about the stadium whatsoever. Uh, it's fine, you know, especially for what we are, where we are right now. Uh, the problem with the stadium is not enough people get into the stadium, you know. So I take all that money and hire, you know, more dedicated, you know, salespeople, get people who, you know, know how to be able to market lower league soccer, who know how to market minor league sports, and be able to get butts and seats. You know, so we've talked about that you know, this before, uh, you know, building you know, the fan base back up that, you know, it, yeah, we can put some of this on COVID, certainly, you know, but the crowds are not what they were before. And look, we, we can be open and honest about this. You know, the numbers in the past got juiced a little bit, you know, but even just eyeball testing it, uh, you know, at the stadium. You know, nowhere near as many people are here now, whether it's, you know, stadium-wide, even within, you know, the Red Army section, a lot fewer people, you know, showing up, you know, to games, you know, so I get, take that money and I invest, you know, in the sales side of it, you know, whether that's individual sales, whether that's group sales, whether that's, you know, corporate sales, uh, you know, getting more sponsors in, because I think if you, know, you start to do that, you know, you start to build up that buzz that might help to lead to, you know, more players wanting to come here because of, you know, the atmosphere, you know, lead to more people wanting to you know see the team because it really is the thing to do in town. Yeah. And it, it becomes, you know, the destination, you know, spot for a Saturday night, you know, like, uh, you know, you can't mention when he was on the podcast earlier, you know, in the year. So that's where my money goes. If I have, you know, a lot of new funds to come into and I can only go in one direction with it. No, I like that answer a lot because, I like that a lot because when the market is, you know, more people come in the door, money goes up, and then you can do the things like improve the bathrooms and improve the stadium. So, yeah, that's a really good answer. That's, that's probably the best answer. You can do Yeah. It. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, this, is why, this is why we have you on the show, Matt. This is why we have you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, just piggybacking off of that, I mean, I know someone would argue, well, you know, the kickers went down the division. They're not doing all that great. Last, the last, I mean, a couple of years ago, we were almost dead last. See, last no, no, we no. But here's no, the thing. No, no, no I'm, I'm saying that. Hold on, hold on. I'm saying that, but squirrels get a pretty packed baseball stadium for a lot of their games. And. I can't remember the last time the Richmond Squirrel Flying Squirrels were good. So if there is something with regards to marketing that can make City Stadium uh we don't have anything to do, let's go to City Stadium rather than we don't have anything to do, let's go watch a squirrel game, even though we're not paying attention to the game. It 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 would help a lot to bring people to make people see city stadium as the go-to um that, 
That's that's where the market. A lot of Bears fans are watching the football team fans, and they support that team no matter how poor they are. I don't want to hear because oh, we dropped down a division. You know, I don't go to the games of that. Like some kickers fans. Well, you know, there's always your fair weather fans. Yeah, you're always going to get the fair weather fans, especially in the realm of soccer. Yeah, but I don't take that as an excuse. That's just me. All right, Matt. Next question. All right. Uh, before we move on, also with sales, we can put a lot more ads on you know those far stands. Uh, you know, and that's prime ad space because you know you're driving down you know the interstate, you see those ads. So that's what that stands there for. Yeah, the big giant billboard. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Simple, straightforward question: What's your favorite kicker's game? Hmm. Uh, my favorite kicker's game is the one where I got engaged at. Yeah, I mean, knew you were going to say that one. But but no, okay, not because I also got engaged, but also, like, Tyler Adams was on the field in that game, and we also won the game on, like, a last-second, like, header. So it was just perfect. Yeah. yeah. I believe Jackson SK's one and only goal for the club. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Tyler Adams but never I, beat the kickers for the record. Yeah, he didn't. Also, okay, so another favorite game of mine is the very first Hitty Derby. Because, if okay, if y'all remember that game, like, I think if memory serves me right, I think that was the game that snapped the seven-game losing streak, right? Was that the game that snapped it? I think. It might have been because – no, I think they won the game before at Toronto. Okay. Well, regardless of the fact, that game sticks out to me because that was the game that we were hyping up so much because we were like – and also, if people remember 2019, Ford Madison could do no wrong up to that point. Like, they could put out whatever, and they were doing this, and they were doing that, and everyone loved them. And we were like the ugly duckling up to that point. Like, nothing was going right in Richmond. Absolutely nothing. Seven games great. Didn't that score a goal? We were podcasting through it all. We beat Fort Madison. Daniel Jackson, and I've said this before, and I will say it again, he can name my firstborn because he scored the first ever goal in the Hitty Derby, and we beat Fort Madison, and we had bragging rights for like a good couple of weeks, and I was happy. So those are my two favorite games of all time. Uh, for me, I would say my two favorite games um, – the first one was the win against Swansea. Um, that's that's one of my favorite. Uh, the the way the kickers played, the the atmosphere, um, the standout performance by Richmond's own Chris Chris Durkin. Um, it, it it was a, a a good day to see a little team from Richmond take down a major club in England. I mean, at the time, Swansea Swansea may not be in the Premier League but right now, but they are a big club. They still are a big club. And just, just seeing Richmond be able to do that, and I know people would say, oh, it's preseason, blah, blah, blah. Not even all the starters were playing. Andre Ayew started that game. Um, and the argument of 
preseason is that is when those players that are not regular starters, this is their opportunity to put an argument in for themselves in the coach's eyes. So they will be playing their hearts out to perform in front of the coach, to maybe uh, make the coach think twice about benching them throughout the season or, or whatnot. So you are still going up against players who care players who are trying to put in a performance and for the way the kickers managed that game it was well done and the, the atmosphere was bumping at city stadium in that game um the second one for me is a very very recent one it was um the game that was dedicated to uh the late david Bula, um and within 30 seconds uh Oak, who is one of the few remaining members of the squad that was there under Bulo, scores the first goal within 30 seconds. Um, I actually was in tears when that goal went in, and it, it actually hit me emotionally because of that dedication to David Bulo and what it meant to win that game for him. So those are my two. All right. You know what's another one that stands out to me? What? Oh, I was just going to say this. Um, the game where Bulo beat Greenville. Which one? That was did a few times. <laughs> he did. The one where we actually got the trophy. Um, I think it was like the second or last home game. It's, it's game to me. But I just remember that game so vividly because that game where me and Shannon are uh, where me and you went to trophy. But then also it's like you holding up the trophy and now looking back at you know, after this pass and everything it's just you can see the happiness in his face. It was like this is a real moment you can just see like, like the weight of the world was off his shoulders. This Beulah was taking a hacking man by some fans like you know I, I know it was 2019 was a rough year. He didn't get dealt the best hand. He would tell you himself he didn't, you know, it wasn't a great year. But you could just see in his face, man, he was just so happy and so proud to to win that trophy for us, you know, in how bad that season was. Like that that that's one of my favorite games as well. All right. Uh so I've been thinking about this. I think I think the one I'm going to settle on here is uh, take it back to, I think it was July of 2004, uh, U.S. Open Cup. Richmond Kickers host D.C. United. Uh, we won the game because I'm obviously I'm not going to pick a game that we lose. Uh, why would that be my favorite game? Uh, but you know, 8,700 know, people in attendance. This was at the height of you know, Freddie Adu mania. You know, he played in that you know, game and you know, they had they didn't have all of their top players there. Like Ben Olsen wasn't playing. Uh, I think Ryan Nelson was out. Uh, maybe one or two other guys. But you know they had you know Nick Romando in goal. They had Mike Petke out there. They had Damon Kovalenko. They had Freddie. I think they you know had a lot of the other uh, you know kind of core guys that went on to win MLS Cup that year. We took it to them. You know we. You know, McCollum Cephas, you know, scored twice that game, once in each half, uh, you know, and just really, you know, had a all-around top performance. 
uh, you know, the team was, you know, strong, uh, you know, across, you know, the board, you know, DC only scored in like the 89th minute to get it back to two one. Uh, so really the team was ahead almost the entire way. Uh, and, it, you know, think about, it, you know, almost the entire lower bowl full at that point, you know, the DC fans were back behind the goal on the far end from where the red Ar- you know, army sits. So it wasn't like, you know, in future years where it got like oddly like intermingled, you know, you know, together because I mean, yeah, there weren't many of us, you know, back then. There were probably like a dozen at most, uh, but yeah, there's still our spot <laughs> and everything. Uh, but you know, getting you know, that win, getting into the quarterfinals of the Open Cup after that, and really feeling like you know, there's a real chance there, a real opportunity, you know, to do something special. The team was doing well in the A League, you know, that season. Uh, at that point, too, I think. It, I if I remember correctly, into finishing second in uh, you know the East that year, uh, it's all around fun night. You know, getting to you know talk crap to you know MLS team, MLS fans. Uh, you know, getting to talk crap to Freddie Adu during the game. Can't beat it. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be better. That's one thing I, I would love to experience is to see Richmond and DC play against each other in a meaningful game. Like I, I will, I, I can't, I would love that to happen. Maybe the US Open Cup next year. Yeah, cool. I think uh, th- 2013 was the last one, and uh, we hosted them, uh, lost in penalties. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I remember that one. Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. So I remember the. And that was another game where the DC United fans kind of took over Section O. Yeah, uh, I think quite a few of them uh, wear red shirts now instead of black shirts. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> this is also true. All right. Yeah, man. yeah. What you got next, Matt? All right. So, uh, what is your favorite off the field kickers moment that you've had, and whatever I guess whatever that means to you. Uh, off the field. Kickers oh. moment. So, kicker's moment that happened at a city stadium. Okay. I, I don't know. I guess you could take it a lot of different ways. Like, like the one that came <laughs> to mind, like, I'll, I'll go first. So, you know, I, I kind of had, you know, two, and I'm looking at favorite in a different, you know, sort of lens here. So, one of them I kind of talked about in the uh, Kansas City Open Cup, you know, podcast, you know, where I was just sitting there in the airport waiting for my rental car. And all of a sudden I hear, you know, assistant coach Jesse Myers, you know, yell my name across, you know, the airport. And I was like, what the hell is going on right now? <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm in an airport in Kansas city. Why is anybody going to know who I am, why I'm there, anything like that. So that was weird. Uh, but obviously, you know, has stood you know out for a good decade or so. Uh, but the other one I have is along the similar line. So, uh, you know, I went to school up in the you know, D.C. area and, you know, so not unusual on the weekends to hop on the metro, uh, you know, be able to, you know, go wherever, whether it's to RFK Stadium, whether it's to, uh, at the time, MCI Center, uh, you know, you know, out into, you know, Foggy Bottom area, wherever we happen to be going. And there's one night, you know, just kind of out and about, you know, going around and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, somebody, you know, you know, tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Hey, you know, hey, how, how you been? How you doing?" I'm like, what the, "The hell's going on here?" And it was 
so this is like November, so right after the kicker season ended, it was one of the kicker's players from that year. Yeah, and it, it took me a second, you know, to kind of so you know, Kari Stockton and uh, you know, took me a second to kind of you know register and process to be like, what are you what are you doing here? You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> you know, but it, it was just bizarre. Like a player, you know, comes and approaches you in public. Like, I mean, I would never go up and approach somebody, bother somebody anyway, because I'm like incredibly, you know, worried I'd be bothering them or disturbing them. Uh, but yeah, you know, flip it around, and I mean, I feel like that's just a rarity, but also speaks to mm-hmm. you know, really the uniqueness of lower level soccer in the U.S., where really they are just people like you and me. Yeah. Uh for me, the coolest. Off the field kickers moment. Okay, so uh, is two. Um, when me and Shanir we got finished recording an episode, can I kick it FC? And <clears throat> we ran into uh, Bulo at the library uh, in February of this year, and that was really cool because we got to. We haven't seen him in a while. Um, maybe like a year up to that point, we really got to talk to him and. See how everything was going, and it was even funny because even though he was there to hit or something, he was still like on his laptop reviewing game footage, like as if he was prepping for a game. Mind you, he hasn't worked in a while to this point. Like he was still looking to get back into the head coaching realm. So, and we were just talking about life and everything like that. So that was pretty cool. Um, and he had he had a River City ninety three sticker. So it was like, even though he wasn't a part of the kickers, like, he was still, like, very much listening to our podcast. And that was kind of cool. Um, the other moment I would say is... Oh, man. It just escaped my memory. Shanae, you can go. I, I, I gotta remember it. Uh, one of the ones for me was um, the Lions Bridge. Oh yeah. That was- <laughs> uh, when when we were in that unique situation where all years before it was exhibition game against a far bigger and more popular club than us, and this time we were the big boys in town going to Lionsbridge, um, play against Lionsbridge, and and just uh, being able to have that interview with Bulo. Um, with Joe, uh, Joe Rice, um, and just, uh, just, just for for me, it was those two situations, and also um, from a coach's standpoint, uh, seeing a couple of kids who I was familiar with, um, I'd seen uh, at Own Touch training at Own Touch, who I've trained at own touch getting starts getting getting playing time with the kickers pro team and and seeing them even though it was an exhibition game and seeing them perform well uh it, it was just a, a fun evening a fun afternoon um sitting down with uh defenders of the bridge and having uh john mars come in in the middle of us recording and yell nerds <laughs> yeah so I will- I remember listening to that episode, you know, driving in Australia and, you know, so I was, I was already driving on the, 
other side of the car on the other side of the road and <laughs> listening to that moment was uh took a little bit of concentration. <laughs> Nerd! Oh man. Yo, that oh, soundbite is is probably my favorite soundbite ever of all time. <laughs> um, of all time. Um so I remember the moment. <laughs> so this is when me and Shanae were doing the whole DocuPod series. Uh, we were going back and reliving the 95 US Open Cup team, but it was the first time me and Shanae ever went to the TSS Tower. And for those who don't know, the TSS Tower is downtown on Main Street. And me and Shanae had a moment. <laughs> I'll never forget it. We were sitting on the elevator, and the elevator is already tight and cramped. So it's not, it's not like a whole bunch of space for you to move and walk around. Like right now, like COVID wise, it is not a great elevator to have more than <laughs> two people on. It's not great. Um, <laughs> but we were sitting there, and we were just like, dude, we're going to Total Saga show. We're about to be on their show. And we're just like, holy crap. And we're like, we're not trying to fanboy at this moment. We're just like really super excited. We're just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So we get we get to um, the door and we knock on the door and we're like, all right, no one's here. So we called Taylor and Taylor's like, you guys said four thirty. He was like, yeah, it's four fifteen. And he was like, oh, y'all trying to be on time? Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought we were. He's like, nah, like we'll show up at four thirty and you know we'll go from there. But but it was just so surreal because like without so I'm pretty sure those that have heard the story we said it a billion times, but like. There was like a period where this podcast was not about to happen, like an alter reality, because the day we did our first episode was also the first day that Total Soccer Show announced that they were doing the kickers. And me and Shanir was just yeah, like, every Thursday well, they were going to have a yeah. Review. And we were just like, well, this ain't about to work. <laughs> we want to wrap this up. But I mean, talking to Taylor and Daryl, they were just like, they were more of the show for the casual fan, you know, the guys that were out and whatever that the kickers paid them to do a, a weekly uh, review of their show, which in hindsight, which makes zero sense. I don't understand why the kickers spent that money on that. That was I mean, poor. I, I get the initial idea on that because uh, yes, they have an audience. And even yeah. if you just see it coming through the, you know, the news feed, you might listen to it. You might you know pick it up. A little bit, and so I, I get the logic. But I mean, probably not the best use of money, but uh, I mean, hey, good on them for uh, getting another revenue stream. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, but they told us like we were the fans for the more hardcore fans, you know, fans that um, were embedded into kickers, and that and that's kind of what our show became. And then you know, we were able to do the uh, ninety cup, ninety five cup review with them. The uh pre the postseason review show with them like it was it was cool it was a cool time. Yeah, I do remember that postseason review show where uh, I sent in you know a question Elliot asking you if uh, which players you'd want to bring back from that team and you did not pick Joe Gallardo. Oh yeah, but see I already knew I, I was already helped. He was gone already. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my only sure. saving grace. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I never get that. Like, everyone looked at me was like, you didn't pick Joey G. And I was like, oh, dang, I did it. <laughs> but, but you made sure you got Nick Retzlaff on the roster. I did. Oh, my God. I was so much. I was so far on that high train. And I wish I could go back and be like, yo, just, just let that go. Just let that go. <laughs> oh, man. 
I we all make mistakes. I know. <laughs> I was on the high stream for all. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. yeah. We, we, we go back and listen to like you know the preseason show in a year or two. We'll probably be like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just like you sure about that? Like, yo, I would never let it down. Shadir, what was it? Year one. Because we didn't do a preseason show our first year. I think we just hopped straight into doing pre and post. Yeah. yeah. So our second year, Shadir was just like, uh, I think the team's gonna be all right. You know, I think we'll be fine. I don't think we're going to, you know, uh, do anything spectacular. <laughs> and by game four, Shanir is already like, we're winning the finals. We're going to the finals. I was like, sir, just three weeks ago, you had us, like, not even making it. And now you're, like, already all up on a hype train. It's the uh, inverse you know, U.S. national team fan right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the one thing, though, yeah. about Shanir as a co-host. Like, if Shanir is really hyped and passionate about something, and I know, like, people are always like, oh, you gotta, don't cut Shanir off. But no, the thing is, Shanir will monologue for 10 minutes and then forget about the point that he originally made. <laughs> Yo. Like, that's the thing yeah, that, yeah, that is so funny that. with Shanir. Like, he will monologue for, like, 10 minutes and then be like, what was the question? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, um, we, we, we all make bad calls. I mean, you know, uh, remember, uh, you know, our RIP League One fun, but, uh, you know, you know, some of them, you know, A, they were really hyped on Charles Boateng for us. <laughs> Oops. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, that one, but I'm pretty sure, you know, you know, one of their, you know, first season, you know, preseason, you know, player of the year picks didn't even end up making a roster. <laughs> <laughs> Never played a game in the league. So. No. We, we we all uh, have some bad calls along the way, but that's what makes it fun about you know doing all this is you know we get to tease each other about it incessantly afterwards. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is true. Like Shadir this year, oh we're gonna win every derby. First game lost. <laughs> uh, all right. Um. So we also asked for some positive notes. Because, um, you know, this is our 100 episodes. So we want to know how some people felt about the show so far. So I'm going to read these off to you guys. Um, so someone wrote in, I really appreciate the pod and the effort that goes into it. And the analysis of the kickers, I look forward to it after every match. Um, another person says, thanks for supporting the kickers and everything you do. And then someone else said, Just love the podcast. So I want to ask you guys this. What does it mean for your small local club to have a dedicated podcast that does a show after every game, regardless of result. I mean, I, I like it. Uh, and, you know, I came in, you know, just this year. So I, I listened to every one of those episodes, you know, the last you know, couple of years and I didn't always agree, just like I don't always agree with, you know, y'all's opinions now. I think that makes it for a better show, to be yeah. honest. Uh, you know, but when I, when I listen to podcasts, I want to hear, you know, real opinions on it. I, you know, you can tell when somebody is, you know, sugarcoating it or is afraid to you know, give an opinion because they're worried about, you know, pissing off the wrong person or losing access to something that it's not compelling uh, audio, you know, to me to listen to. Like, I'd rather, you know, have it be slightly rough around the edges at times and, uh, but real, you know, and I think, you know, having that real, I, I hate this word, especially when it comes to soccer in America, but authentic, voice 
joyful, authentic, united. <laughs> Shut the hell up. I, nobody, no, nobody asked you to say that right now. I'm trying to get a real answer right here. Uh, oh, my God. Okay, I'm sorry. To, to the main point of the question, though, staying on topic, uh, you know, I think it helps you know to be able to have that connection, knowing that there's other people out there that have that same interest as you. Because that's how you build community is you know, people with like-minded interests. I mean, I work on a college campus, you know, and start of the school year, it's, you know, all about, you know, helping students find those right student organizations, finding those right, uh, you know, social circles, you know, for them. And, you know, so that way they can be able to thrive when they're in college. And, you know, it's not always easy at first, you got to, you know, but you find those people with common interests, whether that's soccer, whether that's, you know, music that you're interested in, whether that's you know, service projects that you're interested in, whatever it happens to be. And that's where, you know, bonds grow and that's where community grows. And so I think having something like this is a good step in that process. Is it the only step? No, but is it a good step? Yes. Also, the reason I like it is because uh, I, I certainly had ideas and thought about it in the past. Elliot, you and I talked about this what, like five or six years ago at one point. Uh, never got off the ground. You know, I got busy with you know other stuff. Also, part of it was laziness. So having you 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 know, be able to pick it up and go, uh, I appreciate it because it's, you know I. Didn't slash couldn't slash wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Um, what about you, Sidere? Um, it's 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 something that I never thought I'd be doing. Um, it's it's interesting that I never thought I'd be doing it because I mean I've I've been around and deep into soccer my entire life. Um, ever since I could walk. I've been playing soccer. I went to school with a bunch of French European kids who literally recess was the World Cup. Um, I grew up watching New England Revolution, supporting Manchester United, um, w literally watching every World Cup ever since 94. Like I and I, I just never thought that I'd be in a situation where I am a part of that, you know, a part of I'm within the, because the, let's be honest, we are in the realm of professional soccer. We are in it. We are not on the outside looking in. We are kind of the bridge between the outside and the inside. And I never thought that I'd be, I'd be in this situation. Um, it, it's, it's fun. Uh, I, I enjoy it because I know you guys feel the same way i'm like i'm a soccer nerd like i could literally talk about soccer all day long if, if someone would sit if i could sit in a bar or in a, at a pub with someone for an entire day just going back and forth about soccer i'd do it because i enjoy it and this is kind of that outlet for me to be able to uh support my local team and provide the information to the fans of that local team that that they would want to hear and that they would want to to to, to digest um it's 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 kind of for me it's kind of a little bit like poetic justice of sorts and it's, it's kind of a, a a repetition of generational repetition because both of my parents at one point in my life early on in my life when i was a, a very young were actually both um, 
radio voices for a brief time. And um, this is kind of this generation's version of that. And I'm, it's like I'm following in my parents' footsteps. And it, it's, it, it's, it feels surreal and it's, it's fun. I enjoy it. <clears throat> um, so for me, it's great because I, not only I get to talk on my own team, you know, being born and raised in the city of Richmond, like, you know, for Richmond people, we don't always support everything. Um, so the, when we do get passionate about something, we go 100% in. And this is something I'm 100% invested in. Like, I love doing this. I love being able to, no matter if it's a winner or a loss, get to go back and rewatch these games and talk about them and <clears throat> get to share that same passion and joy with other people. And I also love the fact that even through this podcast, you know, me, Shanir, and Matt, we've been able to bring a new lens to the kickers um, and put it back, kind of back into the national spotlight, even slowly through Charlene on that night on the rounds of what, you know, other teams with better budgets have. But, you know, there was an era when people weren't talking about the kickers. And people, you know, when they talk about the kickers, it's because they hear River City 93 or because they know me and Aaron Matt. So I love that. Um, that we're a part of this journey of, you know, getting the kickers back to the national legacy that they have and being one of the top, not only lower league teams, but one of the top teams in American soccer. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So, anything else, my guys, before we uh, wrap up? No, I think um, we uh, talked a lot more than we any of us probably thought we were going to here. Yeah, probably so. I just want to say the tagline again, joyful, authentic, united. That will always be <laughs> the three funniest words. Any Kickers fan, you say those three words, you just look at the reaction. It just says it. It is hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a that's a pretty good social project at City Stadium. Just, just see the dead, the, the life. Leave. <laughs> Leave the face. <laughs> that dead look. <laughs> I don't know who has a funny reaction to it, Matt or Richard. Because if you ever said have you ever said it to Richard or heard someone say it towards Richard? Yeah. If you have it, oh my God. Do it next game. It just say joyful, authentic, united to Richard. It just watch all the happiness leave that man face. <laughs> he just gets stone glazed. It is, it is hilarious. Oh, um, it, is, it is hilarious. But um, I know I always in this show, we always say thank you to the fans. But really, we just want to really, really, really say thank you. Without you guys, we wouldn't have over 1,200 plays. We wouldn't have made it to 100 episodes. Uh, even in the tough moments, like Black Lives Matter, where me and Shay were really questioning about how to do this show and how to be authentic with our voice, you know, you guys encouraged us. Um, you guys allowed us to be genuine and be real with you. And for all of you that took the time out of y'all days to listen to us, and we don't take it for granted. Like, we know we're a very small, very niche podcast, but we genuinely are thankful for you guys um, and all y'all do of listening to us and sharing it buying merch when we do merch or listening to our little quirky side podcast. Um, so it doesn't go unrecognized. Thank you guys. 
Um, anything from y'all before we pass it off? Um, just here's to another hundred. You know, yeah. um, hopefully we'll be here again for a 200th episode Q and A. <laughs> listener questions um and it's been a joy uh doing this and we will continue to do this and we continually thank you fans for listening and for continuing to support us giving us feedback um giving us encouragement and keeping us going Yeah, what they said. Also, hashtag get Shanira webcam. Don't forget that. <laughs> That's what we need to do fun in here. Um, as, <laughs> oh, guys, after this short little intermusical break, um, we have a special for y'all. So stay tuned after this. But for us, we will holler at you guys later. Be easy. Be safe. going on listeners thank you for sticking around for the rest of our episode 100 special show uh you just got finished listening to our q a now we have the one and only the legendary coach himself mr darren sawaski on the show to answer some questions how are you doing coach i'm doing great man i'm, I'm not sure about legendary but i appreciate the <laughs> well you know look we're always gonna hype you up in the show we're gonna give you you know your flowers while you're here <laughs> I'll, I'll take it man also, I want to say nice glasses. You know, I, I, I see them. Well, just wait, man. You're. It's funny. I, I keep telling the guys when you you hit thirty and it's not much different than twenty eight. You hit forty and there's this little cliff. You hit forty five and you're like flying down that hill like nobody's business. <laughs> oh my god, that that is hilarious. So before we get into these questions, coach, obviously uh, we were supposed to have a game Wednesday. Game got postponed to October the sixth. How's everything been? How have you guys been keeping the players in shape, getting ready for this next upcoming Henny Derby? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, par for the course. Um, you know, COVID's turned the, the world we live into just a, 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 a concentration on adapting. Uh, the, whole, the whole time, every time, we don't know what's going to happen each week. Uh, you know, uh, Forward Madison's now had two games uh, pushed uh, both for weather and, you know, with COVID, we don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, for me, last year, our, our entire uh, end of year schedule, you know, we had seven games pushed into just about five weeks. Uh, and it wasn't very fun. So I got a, I got a feeling it's going to be an interesting end of the year. But uh, the guys are in shape. They're fit. You know, probably helped a couple of guys get a little bit uh, healthy. You know, we're ready. We're ready to go to Madison and get it on, you know. Yeah, I know. We're Look, we are looking forward to seeing these Henny Derby games because a lot of people are saying these those Henny Derbys are probably going to be the indicator of whether or not what team makes it into the playoffs. Of course, you know, we're rooting for the homeboys to get in and have that home <laughs> playoff game. Yeah, you know, I know you got your buddy up there in Madison and you guys have good banter, <laughs> but, you know, we're, you know, we went into to Madison and we got a point out of the game up there. Uh, we know what it's about playing against that team in Madison. And then uh, we got two home games, man, and we got the best supporters in the league to cheer us on. So I'm, uh, 
you know, we're looking forward to these games. 100%, 100%. Well, Coach, let's go ahead and dive into these questions. Um, first question we have is, what is your relationships with the refs like, and how do you – how does that relationship go during the course of a game? Uh, man, that's a question we can take all over the place, but <laughs> here, here's what I would say to you. Uh, first, uh, all of us are looking to get better at what we do, uh, the officials included. And, you know, we, after games, coaches fill out a, an assessment of referees. Um, and I've actually initiated with the league myself, you know, we'd like to have an even better discussion. So there's feedback between the officials and coaches, because I think we would understand each other better. Uh, you know, being part of league one, uh, we tend to get referees that are kind of cutting their teeth in the game. Um, so the biggest thing for me is, is I want things to be consistent. And I think we both know that that's not always the case. So I don't think I have a bad relationship with the referees. I just, uh, I wish that they, they could be more consistent at times. You know, we have one game where, where a referee will hand out seven or eight yellow cards and we'll have another game where the game isn't as rough and, uh, and, and, and there's no yellow cards. So, you know, just finding that consistency both from our end and their end, I think is going to help our league grow. Uh, but I don't think we have a bad relationship. You know, I talk to referees before the games and after games. You know, we just all want consistency. Does that relationship go into something you have to train your players on? Letting them know, like players that are obviously not used to playing in the league, want to let them know, like, hey, these refs, they are new. They're cutting their teeth in the league, like you stated. You know, you're going to have to be Larry of some kind of things. Is, is that a conversation you have with your players prior to certain games? Yeah, every game. You know, we talk about it and say the referees have a job to do. So worry about what you do, you know, writing referees and, and doing foolish things. You know, when the league sets out a memo that says don't kick the soccer ball away or it's an automatic yellow and sometimes they give yellows and sometimes they don't. What you can control in that situation is whether or not you kick the ball away. So, you know, we tell the guys to just be respectful and do their thing. And, you know, if uh, if we do what we should do, we take the referee out of the game ourselves anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next question we have is how has your coaching style evolved from your FC Tucson days to now? FC Tucson. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> here's, here's what I would say to you. FC Tucson was a reserve team. Um, there's a lot of great people out there in Arizona, you know, but I would find out who I was starting in games, you know, sometimes the day of games, a lot of times the day before. So, you know, it was a, a you reacted a lot to, to, to what, what happened. And, and our job was to develop players for the, for the higher end team. You know, Richmond, uh, you know, I don't know if my coaching style necessarily has evolved. I hope that I've grown. I'm a, I'm a humble guy. I always want to think that I'm, I'm learning. Uh, but, you know, this was a bit of a rebuild project. You know, there were a lot of people here uh, that stayed around between um, 19 to 20. And I think we had 13 or 14 players that stayed uh, before I got here. And what we did was I wanted to, to have them learn, w- you know, the way that I want us to play. So we had a distinct style of play. Um, I think we did that last year. We ended up finishing fourth. So I think it was a positive year. Um, and then, unfortunately, a few injuries this year early, you know, really hurt our ability to play the way I want to play. So we've been adapting. Uh, but, you know, in terms of the evolution, I hope I'm constantly evolving and getting better. Uh, I will tell you that League One in and of itself is a much better league than it was in 20 and even better than it was in 19. So it's there's more parity. There's better players. There's better coaches. So it's uh, – it's growing, and, and I hope I'm adapting. Yeah, um, that, that is something that we are seeing a lot of, where the stability of the league is very close, it's very tight. I want to ask you this question. What were some of the challenges or trials you have came across this year while closing your team? 
obviously injury has been a thing, but what are some of the challenges and tribes you've been struggling with or been going through this year? Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious that our we're consistently inconsistent. You know, we'll have a game where we, we play incredibly well and you see the training come right into the field and we execute and do very, very well and we're very happy with it. You know, we turn around and we train similar and we and we play a, a game the following week. And for whatever reason, he, what we had built on the week before, we end up having to go back and rework. You know, part of that's on injuries, uh, but but it's also young professionals. You know, even though they're some of these guys are in their early 20s, it's they're still learning and growing. And, and that type of culture takes a little bit of time. Uh, you know, I'm not happy that uh, that we've had games where we weren't as consistent as we need to be, you know, but we're right in the middle of a pack of you know, guys on 24 to 26 points, you know, from third to, to 11th in this league, it changes weekly. So, you know, we're, we're in the fight. We got to, we got to work on being more consistent. So for me, uh, you know, that's the main thing. We just got to consistently do what we do well. And you also mentioned how the kickers are, when you first got the job, the kickers were kind of in, in a rebuild project. Um, if you had to not necessarily give a time date on it, but progress level, where are you at right now with the rebuild of the kickers? You know, when I first uh, came here, uh, you know, a team that's been around since 1993, which is so much history, I, you know, I didn't expect there to be as much work to do. I thought a lot more things would be in place. You know, there's a lot of really great, awesome people here, but, you know, people that were involved in this club before have kind of moved on to youth clubs and stuff, and they really don't have anything to do with the pro team. So there wasn't a lot of, of, of history and archive that I could draw from outside of, you know, going to lunch with Rob or, you know, talking to Ray, who'd been around a little bit. So, you know, some of the things that we've had to institute, I was a little surprised by. Um, but, you know, the reality is we're getting there and we're working hard. I mean, we went from, uh, I think we the team finished ninth out of 10 teams in 19. We finished fourth last year. We're right in the middle of the pack right now, hunting for a playoff spot. So the number one thing for me is it, I know it takes three years when you have a new project to build a true winning culture. Uh, you know, 2020 was an interesting year with COVID. And, you know, some of these newer teams like Greenville just shot out of the gate and, and did well. You know, I, I sometimes think it's easier to start from scratch than it is to to clean up some messes. And I'm 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 happy uh, with where we're at. Of course, I want to win more games just like everybody else does. Uh, but the reality is in order to have a, a winning culture that perpetuates, it takes time and you and you have to stay with the consistency. And, you know, sometimes people don't understand that winning takes sacrifice. you got to push people. You got to push them past their limits. And, and, and a lot of times, especially in a social media generation, you know, they want it right here, right now. It uh, it takes time to build that. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, so the, another question we have coming in from the listener base is we have a lot of Latin-based players in our squad. Um, what are some of the things, we, we know COVID is an issue, obviously, but what are some things that the club is looking to do to market uh, the Latino culture here in Richmond and the surrounding counties and areas to come to games and also be a part of the club? You know, that question may be a little bit better answered by Camp Perry. Uh, but what I would say to you is that, you know, as a club, we're inclusive, man. You know, we, we want to be a community institution where it, all walks of life come to games and are part of it, right? We have a very diverse team uh, and, you know, we want people to come and engage with each other. I mean, that's the modern world and we want to be a piece of that to help unite the community. In terms of the Latino community, uh, from my part, we're out there talking all the time. I know John Emmett is broadcasting for us uh, in Spanish. 
which is new. And I, I know that we're working on those things, but I would be remiss in, in trying to steal from camp because that's camp's world. Uh, but I will tell you right now, you know, I, I, I've talked to, to many people. I know that there's a, um, uh, a Guatemalan or Ecuadorian uh, league final at City Stadium on Sunday. I know that we're reaching out to the community uh, in that way. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, it, it all takes time. It all takes time. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, so this is kind of going back to the question we had previously, but another person, they want to know what are the kickers looking to achieve long-term in this league? Yeah, well, I mean, for our club, um, the one thing about American soccer, and I hope League One is around for 30 years and, and perpetuates and does great, but uh, the American soccer landscape is always evolving. Um, and we love League One, but we want a winning culture that perpetuates you know, like I said, we want to be a community institution where all walks of life are welcome and celebrated, right? You're, we want lots of thousands and thousands of people to come watch us win things. Uh, and, you know, finally, we want to be a place of growth for all people involved. Whether you work in the front office, you're a player, or you're a fan here, uh, we want to be a positive part of that. And, you know, that it, it takes time to build that. And it also, it's difficult because people get complacent and you have to continually work and adapt every day uh, to build that. And we're, we're still in the building phase. It's exciting, uh, but uh, that's the long term for us. Okay. Uh, yeah, most definitely. You know, I think everyone's goal is to have the kickers, you know, be do a three P of USL League One titles, but definitely the culture you're building starting to perpetuate is year two. So it's, it's it's great to see that. Well, I'm glad you think so. And I I was <laughs> you you're everybody wants to win every game, and if you think you're competitive, come hang out with me for half a day. You'll you'll find out. <laughs> The, the reality, though, everybody talks about how they want to do it or has an opinion about how they do it. To understand how to actually do that, you have to have won things. And I, I have some experience, and I'm using that experience here to try to help these guys grow. And it, it's it's not something that happens overnight. And when you, you know, Michael Jordan said it best, man, winning has a price. And, and everybody talks like they want to do it, but... It, it, to really do it, it, it takes a lot of sacrifice and it takes a hell of a lot of uh, hard work. That is very true. That is very true. Well, talking about that sacrifice, what are some players that have surprised you or exceeded your expectations you have for them coming into this year? Uh, interesting question. Um, exceeding expectations. You know, one of the things that we say to players, you know, I have a player on my team that says to me all the time, he goes, thank you for trusting me. And I just, it's a frustrating thing to hear from a player because, you know, anytime you sign a player to a pro contract, you, you've done your research, you have an expectation for them, and you believe that they can do something. So in a way, you trust them from day one, or you didn't do a good enough job of working to help get them here. Um, you know, I, I hear the word confidence thrown around. Oh, my confidence is up. I believe the only person in your life that dictates your confidence level is you. So over time, you have to grow in that, and you need people around you to, to do that. It, we picked players this year. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we had a couple of, of tough injuries coming out of last year that haven't, you know, the guys haven't quite got back to 100% yet. And then we had a couple of injuries early on this year that hurt us. Well, you get a guy like Chris Cole, who was a practice player, who has stepped up and played really good minutes. You have a guy like Juan Pablo Monticelli, who, you know, he we added him late. You know, we really like Monty, and he's been a significant helper. But it, 
you know, my expectation of every player is to be the best that they can be every single day. I mean, that's the challenge. That's what winning culture is about. You know, you have guys like Akira and Yvonne and Emmy that show up every day and you get this high level. They're great models for guys like Nathan Ani and, and guys that are coming along in their game and Jalen Chrysler. You know, th these kids, they, they needed an environment of people that helped them understand that it's okay to come every day and give all of yourself. And I think that's happening. Yeah, that kind of culture definitely, definitely is something that I'm really glad that we are seeing, starting to see uh, with the players that are coming in. Um, another question we have is, have you ever been involved in the league this balanced from top to bottom, just knowing that literally every game played matters? And does it have any impact on planning or how you prepare for teams going forward? Yes, yes, and yes. Is it unbelievable? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You guys show up every week and we could be in third or 11th. And I don't want to be in 11th. 11th sucks. But if you win your next game, you might be in third. I mean, the trick is to try to get that run of form in your culture where you win two or three games. I mean, look what just happened in Tucson. He won three games from 11th to third place. Now I think he's in fifth. And it's a week later. So the point is, it's unbelievable. We love it. And I'm, I'm, you know, the, the people say, hey, you got games in hand or you don't have games in hand. You know, a bird in a hand is better than two in the bush. We got to go win our game this weekend. And that's our only concentration. Yeah, I definitely like, I think at one point, I mean, it was definitely the run of form where we were drawing games and whatnot. And we were sitting at the bottom. And then after like two wins, we were like up in third. And we're like, oh, okay. Because everything is a brain now. Um, this is this is a question I want to ask you. We're going back to the listener questions, but after a game like North Carolina, where the team, you know, loses four nothing on a road, what goes in after a game like that? Is it one of those games where you just throw the film away and be like, "Hey guys, you know, <laughs> we're just tossing this. We're not even paying attention to this." Or do you try to go back and look at the game maybe a day after two and try to pull some some lessons from it? We watch every game. Um, you know, uh, for nothing uh, wasn't very fun, uh, but it's the only anomaly game so far this year. And the reality is we haven't matched up against North Carolina the way that uh, we wanted to for whatever reason. Um, and, you know, we had a tough run of form against them. But, you know, we looked at the video in that game. And the reality is that there were opportunities for us to get back in that game at 2-0 and we didn't take them. So our concentration is really on what did we need to do at the time when there was an opportunity uh, to score goals, to, to get closer and to change the, the, the landscape of the game. I don't get too worked up on stuff like that. Sometimes that stuff just happens. You know, for us, we've had a couple of own goals this year that have cost us games. We've had a couple of, of you know, I think it, there's been three goals of the week where guys hit absolute smashers against us. One from the half line. You know, we, we seem to be the team this year that when somebody wins goal of the week, I think that Carlini kid just won it again for Toronto when, you know, we traveled to Toronto with like 11 guys. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's just a really interesting thing. The reality of it, though, is that in the end, the soccer gods always work out. In the end, you, you, if it's happening to you, it's going to happen for you. And what we got to do is show up every day and fight. So we looked at the game against NCFC. We, we saw what we didn't do as well as we could. We turned right around and got right back in the fight. So I'm, you know, the one thing I like about this team is, is it is resilient. You know, we, we want to put a string of wins together, but, you know, we're not losing consecutive games very often. We're, we're fighting and scrapping for every point, and that bodes well if we can find our form here. Yeah, I, I want to ask you this question as well. Like, you mentioned it earlier, like, this team is cons inconsistent, consistent. I mean, consistently inconsistent. 
Yeah. <laughs> How do you overcome that? Is that something that is just with a new group of new corporate of players that are coming together and you're still trying to iron out those kinks? Or is this something that can be smooth and ironed out, you know, going into these last couple of games? Well, you got to grow. And and if you look at our team from, from the first whistle and the first couple of games when we had injuries to now, I'm happy with where the progression is going. There were a few games in the middle of the season that we had to switch up formation and do some different things to try to, to get results. But I think we know who we are now. Um, the addition of Ethan Bryant. And uh, we got another surprise coming for you, too. When Ooh. when these things happen, it it it's a catalyst because it pushes the guys that you have. And we're, you know, we're in good form. I, I, I'm not upset with the way that we're playing. We just got to consistently put it together for a run of games. So it's, uh, it, it, you know, we'll see what happens in this run, man. It's going to be a fun all the way to the finish here. It is. It is. It is going to be interesting to see. Um, definitely talking about that injury crisis that's kind of hit the club at the beginning of the year. How is the team looking health-wise? And can we expect anyone back for this last stretch of games? Yeah, you know, uh, Devontae has been training. Um, you know, he's cleared. I, you know, I got him into the game in Toronto because, you know, we needed him. And I think it was a good confidence builder for him. But he's not quite ready to be, a, you know, a full competitive guy for us. Like he could play some minutes here and there. But to have a real impact, it's going to take him a little more time. That's just what happens with that injury. Um, you know, there's a couple of other guys that have kind of fought in and out of injury and they're coming out. Moombi's starting to look like the Moombi I know. Uh, so I'm excited for him. And, you know, Nathan Ani has been really good the last couple of weeks. So I'm, I think we're rounding into form that way. So health wise, I think we have a good selection of guys for the games coming up. Also, uh, a couple of us on the podcast wants to know if we need to donate our ACLs to anyone who and where can we drop those off at? Well, let me just tell you right now that we're all done. You can tell everybody <laughs> all the ACLs that have happened this year and all that stuff that stuff's all done that time's over so we don't know that stuff we're all good <laughs> all right <laughs> oh when you, you mentioned a player like Nathan Ani and players like him and Luke seem to be guys that you're comfortable using any and everywhere around the pitch I think we've counted Luke and Nathan has played seven out of the almost 11 position on the field outside of goalkeeper which wouldn't surprise if you put Luke or Nathan back there oh do you go into games generally having an idea of where they will be used, or is it more based on how the game progresses and flows? Uh, short answer to that question is yes. You know, I would tell you that, you know, Devontae DeBose and Ian Antley were the two outside backs that I signed from day one. And I think that they've been on the field one time together in two years. So we knew going into this year that, you know, we would have some challenges. So we gave Luke a lot of reps at right back uh, because uh, Calvo, it, it took five months to get Calvo here from Costa Rica based on COVID restrictions. I mean, it, we had a lot of challenges early and, and Luke was, it, it worked really hard and was admirable uh, playing right back. He's played on the right wing. He's played up front. You know, Nathan Ani uh, is a right center back and, and Jalen Krizzler has been very good this year. And, and Nathan, because he's a good pro, has worked really hard to, to, to be valuable in other areas. We played him up front. We played him in the midfield. And, you know, when you have guys in your team that are willing to do that for the group, it really helps you when you struggle through some time periods. I mean, the trick really is, you know, Luke is probably a right winger. I mean, that's probably his position, uh, but his best friend on the team plays there. So <laughs> it makes a nice little dinner uh, conversation for them if they're fighting for a spot. And, and my challenge is to get them doing that. 
Uh, but the beauty is I know that those guys uh, and many others, I know Victor will do it. I know Zaka would do it. I know Emmy would play anywhere I ask him to play. And that's the culture I'm talking about. You, it, That doesn't just happen. Some of these guys have only known each other for four or five months. It takes time to build that. And, and we're really getting there. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, I, I want to ask you this question, and this is something that we were trying to understand in the pockets, definitely with Nathan Ani. What was the basis behind playing him as a striker for the Toronto game? Obviously, we were missing a lot of core players, but was that something you were always working on as having him play that striker, or was that just done out of necessity? Uh, that game was out of necessity. I'm, you know, I, I trust Nathan, and that's what I would say to you. I, I may play Nathan up front as a nine in a different game. You're, you're, it's all about what I think is going to happen or, or the staff thinks is going to happen based on who we're, we're facing. And I thought Nathan did an admirable job. You know, again, we were, you know, I think we had seven starters that weren't there. We had three guys that showed up literally at warm-up time off an airplane based on all the stuff that we had to deal with. So there were a lot of challenges. Again, no excuses. I think we did enough to maybe eke something out in that game. But, you know, at the end of the day, if we think that a player or Riley and, and Mika look at me and, and look at the data and Mika says, man, I really think that this can happen. You might see people playing in a position uh, that they don't normally play based on a matchup so that we can win a game. You know, that's pro football. So Akira at attacking mid is the possibility. Gotcha. Just want to make note of that. <laughs> I will tell you right now that Akira at attacking mid wouldn't be a horrible solution, except that he's the best goalkeeper in the league. So. <laughs> Oh, so we're getting into more of the lighthearted questions. Um, but, you know, this one is definitely very lighthearted. You're going to love this one. When the team wins a championship, will you grow your hair out through the offseason? And can the Red Army cut the hair for charity before the end of preseason? Um, I don't like to make predictions, but because you asked the question, of course, you can have you can have my nasty quaff. <laughs> All right. Um, and the other question you have, you, you've been in Richmond for over a year now. Um, and for a little while, what are some things you love doing outside of being in City Stadium that you would love going to, hanging out at, around the city of Richmond and exploring? Man, you know, the, the for the first year and months that I was here, we were under a really strong COVID restrictions. The USL has a, a safety protocols and we weren't allowed to do as much. So we were... You know, my wife and I are, are, are foodies, I guess. We like to go out to eat. And it was really difficult because we were doing a lot of takeout because, you know, we, I wasn't allowed to go out. Uh, but we like to go out to dinner. Uh, we like all kinds of things from from the boathouse to, you know, Soul Taco to whatever it is, man. We're, we're going to get out there and try to find different types of food. We love to do that. We also like to hike. Um, you know, we go out uh, down in um, Belle Isle and, and take our dog down there and all that kind of stuff and kind of get away from it. Um, you know, it's just, this is a cool city, man. We're, we're lucky, man. We're really lucky and happy to be here. And I wish people, I wish everybody will go get vaccinated. Go get vaccinated. It's safe. It'll keep you alive. And so that we can all uh, get back to normal, man. Yes, most definitely. Definitely go get vaxxed. Um, and last question, Coach. Just this one, I'm, I'm really interested to see how your answer goes to this. Um, what will it take to get Coach Tawaski out of wearing all black on the sidelines in the middle of July with all the humidity? Yeah, that's a question that uh, I'm not sure to <laughs> answer on this podcast, my friend. <laughs> that is that is the staple. Maybe we might do another all-black out for you, Coach. <laughs> Maybe we might do another all-black out for you. All, I would, all I'll say to you is there, there's a reason for everything that I do, 
and we can leave that as a mystery for you guys because you asked the question. There we go. There we go. Well, Coach, as always, we just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day um, for answering the questions, giving us a little insight into this final stretch for the Richmond Kickers. Hopefully the next time we have you on the show, um, you're holding the USL League One trophy. You already got the Bonds of Course Cup and the Hindi Derby trophy all in front of you, as always. Well, listen, man, thank you so much. You know, we need the, we need our fans. We need the city. We need the community. We want to bring people together. This isn't just about soccer. This is about bringing all different walks of life to an awesome venue to talk about everything going on in the world, which is just crazy right now, and watch a soccer game and unite together because, man, you got to celebrate that different group of people. Yes, yes, most definitely, Coach. Well, we'll let you go and enjoy your day. Thank you so much, Coach. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, man. Take care.